Disrupting the rising billions. Disrupting tradition. Always be closing. Gaining exponential wisdom from street smart strategies. I dream the kind of dreams that other people said would not be possible. Free your mind. Nothing happens till something moves. I'm a big fan of going all in on your strengths. Create your blue ocean. Innovation and collaboration with competition. Do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to come with me and change the world? Creating uncontested market space. I worry that people don't tap into their strengths. Wealth creation and a new economy entrepreneur. And there is a very thin dividing line between success and failure. Witnessing unprecedented technology. You can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold Show with Christopher Cumby and Alan Witch. Hi, it's Christopher Cumby with Think Bold, Be Bold. Obviously with my awesome co-host, Alan Witch is in the house. What's going on, my friend? Hey, Chris. I'm having a great time. You know, I love this time of the year between Christmas and New Year's where magic happens is where people make some decisions that uh, they might not have made throughout the year some pivot time comes some reality checks sink in you get to really spend time with friends and family and evaluate what is really important in your life hopefully people are doing that so i do like this time of the year i don't like the snow but i do well i, I like the snow i don't like the ice yeah yes clarify. you know but uh but but having a great time how about yourself I'm doing really well. Uh, obviously, with four kids, it's uh, always a great time of year. Uh, you know, it's Santa coming to town. Uh, but it is a good time, like you said, to check inventory, check your stock. You know, what happened this year? Uh, what um, did I learn? Uh, what do I, you know, really want? And, you know, we talk about that all the time. And, you know, working with companies and individuals, uh, that's one of the questions is, what do you want? You know, what do you want it to look like? What is the outcome next year look like for you and I'll tell you one of the things that I'm excited about uh, this conversation today is uh, obviously our guest and, and you'll introduce me in a second Alan um, I think he's going to really open up uh, people's eyes to the possibilities but also help people mitigate uh, you know the things that could happen and, and certainly Alan and I have been in that position and and uh, and, and have learned the hard way uh, I wish I missed uh, I, I wish I met our uh, guest earlier but hey things happen uh, for for reasons so uh, why don't we just kick it off Alan and introduce him and um, let's get at it I, I'm excited. Uh, it, it's no surprise. It's Bill Troy. I mean, his name's right there. So, you know, it's, it's not like it. And we used to ask our guests to duck down, but we're not going to do that anymore because it's a little too late now. But, uh, uh, you know, Bill is Bill's a contrarian, a self-proclaimed contrarian. And I love that because what that really means for Chris and I is he's a maverick. Yes. The mavericks are key in our business and for us personally. You know, and I mean, Bill's a, an Inc. 500 CEO. He's a CEO of Civilis Marketing. Uh, he's got a new book coming out, which we're going to talk about. Not at, not extensively, but the topic is pretty cool. It's ClickSand, how online marketing can really kind of ruin a business and, oh. and what that means and, and how that can play and, and so on and so forth. And we got some really cool topics that, that uh, we're, we're going to hit in this particular round. Probably a few other ones too, but some societal factors that you know magnify business above maybe its reality. And if you fall into that category, how the hell do you get out? There's a lot of people that have that have uh, that, that Chris and I have found that have fallen into that category and and fall prey to being larger than they really are. You know, and then it comes back to human touch in in business versus automation. What does that really mean? How do we how do we play in that in that cavern between the two? And then how do we bridge when it's appropriate and unharvested potential of relationships? Now those are just some of the topics we're going to talk about. But uh, before we do before we do that, I want to uh, introduce Bill and let him kind of fill in some of the gaps as to where he came from to where he is now and kind of a little insight as to where we're going before we hit some of these topics. Bill, welcome to uh, Think Bold, Be Bold. Thanks. It's great to be here. I was really looking forward to this. Uh, we're going to have a great conversation. So my journey probably is about a 20-year journey. I, I have a market research company, Troy Research, that uh, we've had since the late 90s. Uh, we actually started an online survey company 
when the internet was first new, it was incredibly innovative at the time, and now it's a fairly common thing. But we really focused on helping companies and have for 20 years, and that's where a lot of the, the nameplates on our on our wall, you know, Sony, Disney, uh, Nestle, companies like that. We've helped them figure out what reality is in the world. You know, you, you're in your own company and you, you have a vision for a new product or what you think the world needs, and you have to go out and test that and see if it really uh, is true. And even the largest companies do that. And so what I found over that time was a lot of what we had to do, what we still have to do in the market research space, is help clients figure out what they can and can't do with the information they're getting. You know, we have companies call us all the time and say, okay, we've got this new product. We want to do a study to figure out how big the market is for it. Like, well, <laughs> maybe there's no market at all for that. <laughs> maybe the greatest mousetrap ever, but maybe people are very happy with bad mousetraps and aren't willing to put the time in to figure out your new one. So right. those are the kind of things that we get involved with a lot. So we've always had to bring a skepticism, you know, let's check this and make sure that things are real here um, from the market research space. And we started the marketing company, Civilis Marketing, about six years ago in the online space. And that same mindset of just checking to make sure that's really true before you act on it is something we've found is even more important these days in that space. And that's what we'll spend a lot of time talking about. But the short version is, is that in the online marketing space, we've seen um, a lot of business owners become enamored with the tools. And, uh, you know, the sort of the short version is that they now have a hammer and they're running around trying to find nails. And it turns out they're really in the screw business and they shouldn't right. be hammering nails. They should really be running around with a screwdriver, but they just love that hammer and it's just so fun. And, and there's a lot of that going on. And so it, it, that's kind of what the book is about. And it's what I spend a lot of time talking to folks about is let's go back and check on reality. And one of the reasons I was excited to talk to you guys in particular is, both of you are involved in coaching and training and, and helping businesses find what makes them successful. And that's going to probably always come down to authenticity. What is it that that business is all about? What is that founder all about? And that's kind of where we see businesses get off track with some of this online stuff. It's my, it's my specific niche, but they get off track doing things that look good but and look like they're going to work, but doesn't fit them. It doesn't fit their personality. It's not the, the values that their business was built on. And that's how they start to go astray. So that's kind of what we'll talk about. But that's the journey that led me here was this idea that let's just make sure this is really true before we go all in. Right, right. And, you know, uh, we talked briefly before we got uh, into the actual interview itself. And, you know, we've been led down that uh, path. Uh, you know, when I transitioned um, from running uh, my previous company and moving more into the space of consulting and helping companies, just as you said, you know, really, uh, you know, drive the revenue line on the front and, 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 and get to know the leadership team or, you know, in some cases, uh, the entrepreneur that started the company or the owner or founder. And, um, you know, they had these grand ideas because they read it in a book or, you know, some of them so sold them something online that used what I'd like to, you know, dive deep with you on is how do they get in your head? And, and 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 make you think that you can do something when it doesn't fit. And you know, I really uh, started down that path. You know, I was doing something that I thought, hey, you know, I could talk about success. And you know, what success is is huge, obviously, as a as a platform. But I'm going to just go down that road. And and uh, what I learned as I kind of went along this path is it was pulling me away from what I'm really great at and and the genius that I have. And I was feeling. You know, and, and, and I've shared this with Alan and, and lots of people, I was feeling like I wasn't me. And it was just really strange. You so lost that authentic piece, I believe. Right. I saw, and, I saw it in your eyes. Right. And, 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 and <laughs> but when I got it when I when I realized it myself and you know, you line yourself up or align yourself up, I should say, um, it just changed the whole perspective for me. And that's when actually things started to work way better they actually started to come faster and it just made me feel good every day getting up and doing what I really you know, wanted to do, which I should have started out at the beginning, but someone sold me on some other idea. So um, Bill, you're obviously uh, you know, a genius in that area and uh, love to get your perspective on what happens out there from um, that seduction, let's call it, that people you know, really fall prey to. Yeah, so I think that there are a couple of, first of all, things that are built in, in some ways they're built into entrepreneurs um, that sort of create the possibility for that to happen. And the first is that I find that people that are really good at certain things take them for granted and don't value them. 
And so people that are really good at building rapport, just uh, just treat yeah. people well. I mean, so people that are really good at selling, well, of course, we just it's what they need. And so what happens is is that they build a company based on whatever is they're really good at, and whether that's building relationships or a great product or whatever the you know the specific things are that really make them special. And then they get to a point where they're maxed out and they can't grow the company anymore with the way they've been doing it. So they since they discount what they are good at they're open to some stranger coming in with something that sounds better because it's, wow, it's new and fresh and interesting, and that must be how the other guys do it. So what we spend a lot of time talking to clients about is, wait a minute, you got here doing something really well. What was that? And then can you scale that up? You don't have to throw it all away. And I find that's a lot of times what happened. I meet CEOs that have built their companies with personal relationships and, and you know, honesty and long-term, you know, trust with people. And then they decide they're going to do some fun keyword strategy. Like, well, that isn't that all in keeping with the values and the way you actually got here. Sure. So could you figure out how to scale up using more trust and more honesty? And that's, uh, but they're just, they sort of throw that away and go, well, hey, I was just treating people well. And, but this is our system, you know? So they're looking for a system that an outside person will give them and not trusting their own gut sometimes. Well, and, and it, that's the definition or one definition of, of brand drift. And yeah. companies fall prey to it all the time. There's a lot of reasons why they get out from their genius zone and people join them. They follow them. They built that 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 huge family of followers because of that characteristic, because of that trait, because yeah. of that you know unique piece. And like I said, they take it for granted. They get past it. What else is bigger? What what kind of shiny thing is out there that I can follow? And all of a sudden they're in brand grip. They don't know how to get back. Yeah, and I think also that they've done what they've done up to that point intuitively and didn't realize it was a process and a system. They just thought it was the way to do things. And so they, they see other people with a system or a process or a tool that's, you know, got charts and numbers. And all of a sudden they're thinking, oh, wow, that's a system. We could really scale that up. And so it's like, wait a minute, you, you've been doing things a certain way. You have a very specific, you know, list of things that you think are right and wrong. That is a system. You've got to give yourself credit for that. And let's say, how can we build on that instead of throwing it away? Sure, and that's some great exactly. insight. Yeah. Uh, I got another question, uh, which I wanted to hear more on your YouTube. So I did uh, obviously uh, watch some of your stuff, but you talk about um, you know the highlights of uh, of Clickstand, and you know around the three Ps. Can you go a little deeper on that? So you know for my benefit, so I can hear you talk about it uh, a sure. little longer than you know two minutes. But um, definitely for the audience, I think that that um, will be an eye opener and something that you know, keep an eye out for, you know, when yeah. they're investigating, they're researching um, systems right. <laughs> and, and people to uh, to help them get to, you know, where they want to go. Because, you know, consulting is still a, you know, great opportunity for companies, get a different perspective, have someone be able to provide you connections, network well, and, you know, there's a lot of greatness, but there's obviously some things out there that people need to be aware of. Yeah, so, you know, everyone is selling and, um, you know, there, there are some standard selling techniques that happen in the world. And, and what I go through in the book in the first third is like what you just talked about, the three Ps. I think there's a recipe for selling what I call snake oil. And I, I, I say a lot of the online marketing folks are selling snake oil because they're selling, you know, call it a, uh, you know, a diet pill. That you lose weight while you sleep or, you know, get rich quick overnight or whatever. But they're selling a snake oil that's a panacea that will solve all your problems. And so for that sale to happen, whether... And I go back in the book and talk about historically in the 1800s, the original snake oil that was sold and, and how he sold it. Um, for that kind of a sale to happen, there have to be three things that exist. The first is there has to be a pain. Um, there has to be a pain that the sufferer feels. And in the 1800s, that was medical pain. So that's really why they sold real snake oil was to try to solve toothache or whatever. And for business owners, that pain is often how we're going to grow revenue, how we're going to grow the company from this point on. We don't really know how we did, maybe we don't know how we did it. We don't know how we're growing. So there, there's a, a pain that needs to be solved. And over time, it becomes increasingly painful and they'll do just about anything to solve. But they've tried hiring salespeople. They've tried other marketing firms. And so it's like, oh, I just need someone to give me the answer. So that pain exists. The second thing is, is that um, there has to be a promise that this could work. And, and a promise is really a rumor, right? 
well, I've heard other people did this too. So when you see any sort of, you know, get rich quick or weight loss thing, there's always somebody, sure. well, I, you know, look at me before and after. Well, I could try that then because it looks like it works. So there has to be some sort of promise of potential success. And in the case of the online marketing stuff, we hear it all the time. We hear news articles talking about it's the greatest thing ever. And, and they'll have case studies when they present it to you and all that sort of thing. So it's like, well, okay, I give that a try. It seems like it might work. And then the third one is, the third P is plausibility. There has to be a plausibility to the story that they're telling you. And this is where the online marketing stuff can be really sold well because it looks like it's just buttoned down with a system and numbers. And they're going to click and you're going to download. And you're going to see where they came from and how much time they spent on your site. And they're going to get you an email. And they're going to It just looks like it's just rock solid. And so it looks totally plausible. And when I talk to folks and when I'm out doing speaking um, in, in audi with audiences, I talk a lot about it sounds a lot like if you, if you actually go back, it sounds like Star Trek speak, right? Mm -hmm. So on Star Trek, uh, transporters actually sound plausible, right? Well, it deconstructs you, it sends the beam, and it reconstructs you. Well, that sounds like that could work. And that's about how online marketing is sometimes as well. Well, that sounds like it could work. But that doesn't mean at all that it does work. It just has to sound plausible. So those three ingredients are always present in any snake oil pitch. And that's happening a lot in the online marketing world. And um, that's, how, that's how the pitch is organized and so part of the thing I go through in the book is just trying to make sure people recognize when they're getting pitched like that and then gotcha. uh, you know it doesn't mean it doesn't work but that's the red flag is when those three things exist gotcha understood I, yeah. I, I want to follow, follow up on that real quick and I want to turn it around 180 degrees how can people manage and, and and caretake themselves so that they don't fall into that pitch when they're talking to their clients or their potential clients or whatever audience they're in. Because I think that you said it a minute ago that there's a huge mass movement out there that a lot of people are looking for that little key, that gimmick, that tool, that service, that program, that platform, whatever it might be that makes it really easy to do. How can people avoid becoming that person, that kind of presenter in their own line? Well, I mean, there's two answers to that answer. One is if it works and you can make the sales, great, if you can deliver. I mean, but but so it's not necessarily a bad selling technique. It's a bad selling technique if what you're selling is a bad thing, right? right. So, right. Uh, so right. that's the first answer. The second answer, though, is I'm always wary when uh, things are presented as though they're the answer for everything. I mean, that's the point of snake oil right. is that snake oil can cure everything that ails you. Toothache, right. bite, you know, uh, headache. I mean, so whatever your problem is, this is the answer. And that's what happens with a lot of a lot of the stuff that's yeah. real snake oil, whether it's online marketing snake oil or weight loss pills or whatever. This is the answer for everything. And, I, and that's just, that cracks me up. I've never met someone yet that couldn't come up with some way for SEO to solve any problem I have or for email problem. marketing to be the answer to whatever my issue is. They'll figure out the right keyword or the right you know frequency or the right whatever. And so when it's the answer to everything, that's kind of a red yeah. flag. So I've got sure. acid reflux, and if I increase my <laughs> SEO, that's going to go away. <laughs> well, right. I would bet they could tie that in somehow, you know? You could sleep better at night because you'd have more money and you, you wouldn't have to, yeah, sure. Yeah, SEO cures everything. Uh, now, obviously, Bill, um, you've had some, uh, you know, adventures, let's call them, or a journey, you know, as we, you know, like to call it, you know, through your last 20 years. Can you share, um, you know, maybe a pivotal, pivotal moment, you know, one of the, you know, great ideas that happened or something that you turned into um, where you are today, successful in working with people and, and doing what you do. What was that, you know, pivotal moment in, in time and maybe the, you know, if you want to call it aha and, and something that you said, hey, I can, I can really help people with this. And where did that start? You know, where did this all come from? Well, so this specific, uh, you know, I've been through several incarnations, been doing this a while, but um, this specific <laughs> sure. uh, message uh, of uh, ClickSand and the book itself mm -hmm. really grew out of a client we had um, at Civilis Marketing. We had a client that came to us, and, and what happens with us a lot is that people come to us because we talk we, we talk about things a little differently, uh, even in the, in the online space before we started really uh, talking about the ClickSand idea and really focusing on relationships. But they come to us and ask us to fix something. Like, well, this isn't working, you know? I've got this program, and we're paying a lot of money. It's not getting the results we want. And so they're always mm -hmm. coming to you and sliding that HubSpot report across the table and saying, can you look at this and tell us what's wrong? And we had a, a, an old older couple um, they were seniors and they had taken their retirement nest egg 
and they bought into a program. It was a franchise to sell products online, drop ship. It seemed like a miracle idea that was they were going to retire on. And they came to us and said, it's not really working. Can you help us fix it? And we looked at it, and it just there was no way it was going to work. I mean, the short version is they wow. were basically losing money on every sale, right? They were spending wow. more on marketing than they were getting on the revenue and the margin. And we were trying to explain that. And we're like, you've got to stop. You can't do this. No, please. This is not, this won't work. And they couldn't let go of it. And they said, no, we have to make this work. We're all in on this. It's just, there's got to be a way. And it really felt like we watched them drown. And I just was so upset about that. And I was yes. really upset at the people that sold them that in the beginning. And I realized, you know, the folks that sold them that program in the beginning knew the numbers didn't work. Sure. And sure. they sure. sold them a snake oil yeah, pitch. And so I said to our guys, I said, I'm tired of this. I, I, I'm not going to watch people do this. So we've got to go out and talk about this. And so that was kind of the beginning for us of the moment where it's like, I'm going to stand up and say the emperor has no clothes. I'm just, I, I've got to. So that was the beginning of it for us. Was that, yeah. that couple. And it was like, oh, yeah, you just, ugh. Yeah. Right, right. And I mean, it's mystifying. Let's face it. There's a lot of things out in the market, um, especially online, uh, very mystifying. You know, even, yeah. uh, as yeah. you know, authoring a book when you first start, it's like, oh, well, this is, you know, um, you have a different perception. Uh, mm -hmm. And as you move through the process, you start to see a different perspective. And that's really, uh, you know, my adventure, writing my book and then thinking, oh, I'm just going to retire on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, the book was just, you know, another tool uh, that gave me some, you know, let's call it authority, if you want, and uh, and, and getting out there and working with clients. So um, the mystifying side of things is uh, is definitely uh, uh, something that people need to be aware of is maybe to ask uh, some tougher questions. Yes. Uh, you know, I always train, you know, people to ask you know, tough questions to ask questions that, um, you know, because I believe there's no stupid question. Just ask the question you want to know and, and, uh, and, and listen. And, you know, people will, you know, either dance or they'll get straight through it and, and you'll feel good about it. But I, I rely a lot on my intuition. And I think people, if you uh, listening in right now, if you rely on a bit of intuition and, and, and ask, you know, some deeper dive questions, you'll get through and, and you'll be able to mitigate some of the stuff that happens out there. So thanks for that, Bill. Um, Alan, what are we, uh, where are we bringing Bill now? I want to dive back a little bit into something that you said uh, just a minute ago that your client was unwilling to let go. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. there's a lot of, a lot of, and I think everybody at one time or another needs to, maybe needs is, is, is my word, look at what they're doing and pivot because Chris and I have found just in our journey in the last two and a half, three years that we've had some pivots that have been by design, but some by circumstance, but knowing when to let go of something is every bit as, as, as majestic as, as exploding it to mass appeal and potential to a large contingent of people. What is a, What's a good yardstick to measure by when somebody's trying to find a way to go, okay, I have met my obligations. I've met where I think this can go. I don't see it going any farther. I've talked to some other people about that. How do they, what's a good way to make that decision to actually pivot? Maybe it's a pivot inside of the opportunity. Maybe it's a pivot away from the opportunity. But, but Chris and I have experienced this from a lot of our clients. They've come to the same kind of thing. Can you help us fix this? Well, the real fix is you need to put this to bed and take your energy and apply it to something completely different. Yeah. Sorry, that's the way it is. It yeah. took us six minutes to come to that. To come to that. But how, do, how do they do that? What, what's a good tool to do that, to gauge that with? And I know it's different for everybody, but. That's a. You guys got the big questions going today. That's a big one. Um, yeah. We're diving so, deep into Bill's brain right now. Wow. This is, I, that's, this is, this everybody's brain. getting a little bigger. I can see that. It's going to blow. I think there's a combination from my perspective of answers from both the marketing side and also as the market researcher. And um, that for me is, um, I, I think money talks. And I think a specific kind of money talks. When, when you start a business or you start a venture, uh, there are four types of money you can get. The first one is your own, 
And that's the stupidest money there ever was, right? Because you believe in your own stuff and you'll you'll just waste it immediately. If you've got it, you'll spend it. So you almost want to have no money when you start, whatever it is. Um, The second is something right. (laughs) Sorry. I did something right when I first started. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, No money. (laughs) No money. (laughs) And then right behind that is friends and family. They're easily, uh, you know, convinced that you're the greatest thing ever. So that money, if you get it, it doesn't mean anything Um, from a standpoint of, that this is a viable you know, exercise in the marketplace. The third one is right. investors. I really believe investors can be convinced just about anything. I mean, we see companies all the time that get millions, I guess, well, I guess we'll say millions, but maybe billions. Yeah. If you if you feel like sure. companies that have gone IPO are getting billions sure. of dollars from investors for a company that is worth technically nothing, that has never made a dollar in profit. So investors will give you money as well. Um, and that doesn't prove anything about the value of the company in the marketplace. But the fourth one is customers. I've never seen a customer yet that will give you a dollar for anything that isn't worth it. They will not, they're never stupid. And so it doesn't take very long to figure out if a customer is willing to pay for what you have. I mean, you can go to a customer with just an idea. And if it's a good idea, I've had this, you guys have probably seen this as well. I've had customers fund the ideas that we have because we went to them with an idea and they're like, oh yeah, we want that. In fact, I want it first. And they actually funded the development of the idea. We didn't even have to build it. And when, when they did that, I knew it was a winner because they were not wasting any money on anything that wasn't a winner. So that's where I would say, you know, if you have a general, like, universal rule, if customers will pay you for it, it's worthwhile. And that's really where you need to go. Not, not because, you know. So anyway, that, I think that's, that's the simplest one I would say. That's a great, I mean, that, that, that. Well, the audience right now, I just want to uh, interject and, you know, listening in, that is one of the greatest tips that I've heard in a long time. So, Bill, thank you so much because. All right. Yes. Yeah, no, that was, I mean, that was worth sitting down, uh, you know. And, I've been wanting and, to say kick-ass in this interview the whole time. Can I say that now? That oh, is kick-ass. That is total <laughs> kick-ass because, you, you know. You can listen, say it again sit, if you want. Yeah, right. Kick-ass, um, yes. Anytime, you anytime you can say that word because we love it. But. You know, getting back to sitting down with you to go through and consult, and, and, and I mean, that was just a huge golden nugget. And you guys know, listening into my show, our show, I should say, uh, you got to get your journal out because these things that you can write down can definitely change the trajectory of where you're going. So thank you, Bill, for that because that was a big, big, big one. Even for myself, thinking about, you know, the things that I'm working on and, and um, you know, working with clients and, and Alan and I working towards where we're going. And it's like, whoa, whoa, that was just a huge, huge slap. So thank you. Uh, woke me up. And uh, I, I appreciate that very, very much. Awesome. Awesome. You might have to widen the door for Bill to get out. I don't know. <laughs> well, hey, this show is all about building people up as well. I mean, yeah, Bill's done very man. well for himself. We should, we should actually offer that service, door widening. <laughs> if a customer right? will pay for it, it's a winner. I love it. That's, hey, such a you know, profound, uh, simple statement, but, um, you know, awesome, awesome at that. Uh, you know, so your book's coming out. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, the book and what people will get from the book because I, I think the book's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. I'm going to pre-order mine and uh, and and get on your uh, wagon to learn more um, from you. And uh, obviously, we'll build a relationship, Bill, because we're friends now. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure we can uh, we can cross uh, uh, you know paths uh, on many different things. But uh, tell us, you know, what people are in store for in the book um, because I think it's like I, I could. Put it this way, I'm really excited this book is coming to market because it's needed. I mean, Alan and I have c- continuously talked it's about the stuff up. going on, and we're like, okay, we got to get our voice out there. And, you know, earlier uh, or sort of fall, if you want, we decided on our show where we're really going to bring this. And I'm so excited you're here because this is exactly where we want to bring the show, you know, going into 2018 is helping people. Uh, make good decisions, and I think your book is going to really do that. Um, but let's get into it a little bit, and we've got we've got some time. Eh? Alan, we're good. We got, hey, the Canadian the, the yeah. Canadian just came out in me. Did you hear that? Did you guys catch yeah. that? Yeah, it's a good thing hey. it's uh, <laughs> recorded as well. Um, <laughs> uh, but Bill, bring us through that a little bit. Um, I think it's going to be exciting. So um, 
So the first first thing I should say is that, you know, the, the title of the book talks about how online marketing will destroy your business. Um, and uh, there's a bit of a, a tease in there. And what it really is is online marketing will destroy your business if you listen only to online marketing salesmen. That's really the rest of it. So online marketing itself, and when I say online marketing, I'm throwing it all in there, everything from SEO to uh, to uh, you know, online advertising, to email marketing, and content marketing, and blogging, and social media, all that sort of stuff. Um, because what I'm actually talking about in the book is the pitchmen who sell it. And um, to use an analogy, I would say that I view online marketing these days and the people who sell it much like uh, people who make fast food and processed food. Um, they know that the salt and sugar they put in it is bad for people. They just know that. They have to. They're, they're grown-ups. They've seen all the – yet they still sell it. And so that's what's happening here is that a lot of times the online marketing they're selling to people like that couple I mentioned that inspired me to write the book, mm -hmm. they know it's not good for people, but they're trying to make their buck and get out of town. And so what I talk about in the book is – we talked earlier about the three Ps, how the pitch happens, how the pitch is structured, why the pitch is, is successful. And then in the middle of the, middle of the book, I talk about why it's working so well for these pitchmen right now. Uh, we touched on that a, a little bit ago. That there are some societal and actually um, physiological factors that are helping them get this pitch in your head and helping it to succeed. And we can explore those in a little bit, but we talk about in the book why it's working, why the pitch, why people are falling for it. And then the third section of the book talks about what do you do instead. I mean, we do live in a digital world. We do live in an electronic world. We're not going to get away from that. It's just a matter, though, of figuring out how to use those tools to fit the way your business works instead of vice versa. The short version is, is that the tool, tails wagging the dog. Somebody comes in, we, in fact, we've had people do this. You guys probably do this as, as coaches. You have a client call you and say, I need to do some LinkedIn. I'm like, why? I mean, what? so they start with the tool, right? I need to do some social yeah. media. Yeah. Okay, well, if you can't explain to me why you need that, then you're starting with the tool. Like, I need to hammer some things. Like, you gotta figure out why you need that tool. So the tool selection, is the thing you do after you've already designed the project and know what you're going to build and what it's going to look like, what all the materials are. And everyone's just starting with the tool. We need some online marketing. Well, if you can't explain to me why, then you don't need it. And so if you go through a whole analysis of your business, you know what drives your business, what, and what we spent a lot of time on the book on that section is, what I mean by what drives your business, it's back to what I said a minute ago about how customer money is the smart money. What drives the customers to buy from you what is it that needs to happen in their world so that they choose you, need you, select all that sort of stuff? If online marketing is a part of getting that done, great. But we just find so many times companies are just doing online marketing stuff that is actually not, not only not helping, it's actually damaging it. You know, if you have a business built on trust and honesty and long-term relationships and you're blasting people with stuff, my favorite term these days is nurturing. If you're nurturing them by email, you know, every 10 days, you're irritating them. That is not building trust and you know showing them that you care about them and all that stuff. So there are a lot of things like that that you're just actually damaging the relationship. So we just go through and talk about how to start from scratch, learn about your business, then pick the tools at the end. And if online marketing is with is part of it, great. If it's billboards, great. If it's radio, whatever. So it's you start from that perspective. This is fantastic. It's like yeah. you know truly a, a consultant. A book, like a consultative book, I should say. It, it's something you can read and, uh, like, ask the questions and and listen for the answers, um, and then pick the, the the tools and find the companies or consultants, you know, or whoever else that can help you or or work with you, Bill, um, you know, through that. So kudos, kudos on creating a book that uh, will definitely help people uh, determine. Yeah. I, I love that, uh, you, you know, you said most people go out there, and I'm guilty of that as well, is find the tool. You know, how is this going to yeah. you know, fit into, and now I understand um, why it didn't work. <laughs> well, and that's what they're selling you. That's what the pitchmen come in is always right. with some sort of tool and program, and, right. and it looks so great when they pitch it. I mean, like, wow. I mean, yeah, it'd be like sure. if somebody came in and said, check out this air nailer, man, this thing, boom, 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 boom. It's like, I got to have one of those. And like, right. well, you don't even build anything. Well, I got to have one of those. <laughs> and then you start re, you know, redesigning your business around that air nailer or around that keyword strategy. And it's like, wow, you get way off track really quickly. Hey, I, I, got, I got a question. I'm going to, Bill, I'm going to put you on the spot. Not that I haven't done that already today. <laughs> but um, I, I, I like this concept of what you're talking about. I think it's extremely 
raw and vulnerable for people because it, there's no way out. You have to answer the question. You have to look at that. Would you be willing to come back on the show and Ooh. do a live show where we can put a call Ooh. out to the audience and, and give them a little criteria you need to fit into, into this category. Call in and, and we'll do a, I don't want to say a diagnosis and a treatment, but maybe a diagnosis and a treatment of, uh, of what we're talking about here to maybe help people clarify and maybe at the, at the outskirt a pivot. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to do that. I, I do really, someone? Yeah, I really enjoy that. It's um, what you'll find, because obviously I talk to a lot of people about this all the time. What you'll find is, is that there's an incredible amount of denial to get through. In order to do this, it's much like the salt and sugar again in fast food. You have to build up an incredible castle of denial in order to drive through the McDonald's drive through and think somehow it's good for you. And yeah. I do it That's sometimes, a, right? And so it's not good for us. So you, so there's like a whole con construct and story that that people sometimes have have developed, and sometimes it's hard to get through that. And I had a guy the other day who said, "Okay, so let's say the online marketing's bad, but let's say I'm using it and it's working. Then what?" Like stop no that's not even the point you if it's not working you know so there's a lot of that but i'm happy to do that anytime that'd be great fun. yeah that would be a lot of fun uh very yeah. much a q a yeah. but um take someone uh that we can actually bring live on the show and and we have yeah. those capabilities where you can you know look at them and and have a good chat almost uh very uh very much what you do with uh, most companies anyway but that'd be a lot of fun thanks yeah. for throwing that out alan and we've got them on yeah, record we've got them on record now uh, so when when we uh when we chase them down and get it set up um, uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need uh, then I'm going to need the door tomorrow? widened again though. So <laughs> yeah, no, that's I'll, not a problem. I'll send you. I'll send you the the tool. I got yeah. one. There in you office. go. <laughs> mail it to you. We'll get at least five days because I'll express it. You're going to yeah. have to put it in the door before we start, but it'll be there for that's you. Well, yeah, Bill, you you've seen Star Trek, that. right? So Star yeah, Trek, you know, yeah. you can go through this machine and end up somewhere else. Yeah, well, exactly. Right. Yeah, the door is the same thing. So totally makes sense. <laughs> totally makes sense. No one's bought it yet, though. But um, anyway, well, uh, <laughs> but your mom loves it. <laughs> mom loves it. I spent so much money on it. It's incredible. Um, and an investor out there these days. I finally got to give me money for it. So it was awesome. <laughs> Uh, this has been a fun uh, conversation. Um, you know, we uh, we seem to go through these very very quickly, and you know, I know there's shows out there where, you know, people try to squeeze uh, discussions like this in 30 minutes. But um, one thing that I know is uh, is 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 not possible for us is to have a short show. <laughs> but all good things come to an end, and uh, we're getting close to the end. I know we have uh, a little bit of time left, and and certainly uh, I'd love to be able to talk to you all about all kinds of things that you uh, you can help people with um but you know it's that time it's that time uh but i'm gonna squeeze it i'm gonna squeeze in you know another question and then alan yeah because we have we have some time i like that so we yeah. have any more time to squeeze in a question. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. You know, get everybody almost like ready to leave the the, the, yeah. the, the show. But um, people can play it back on. at one and a half speed if they need to get through it. Yeah, they're yeah. hanging. Yeah, it's easier to ask for you know forgiveness and permission anyway, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> well, um, yeah. Again, we're just we're 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 uh, filling in some gaps here. Um, but it's it's an important uh, it's an important question, and you know I, I've I've seen this. It you know happened um, in our show before, so I'm, I'm used to this kind of carrying on things. But Bill, what um, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna obviously you know the be the beauty is uh, in in the edit on our show obviously. So you know we've got. I'm a, not editing any of this out. Of you no, we're we're just gonna keep it right. going. Keep um, it going baby. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, you talk about something that I found interesting. Um, you know, in some of your interview topics, but I, I'd, I'd like to dive into it a little bit. Effectiveness over efficiency. Mm -hmm. Can you dive into that a little bit? Because I found that the extremely uh, interesting, and I wanted to squeeze it in this show, yeah. um, even though we went down a path of some other things. But I think it's really an important point, and then we can move on to the next part of our show, <laughs> which yeah, is the so wrap-up. No problem. I, I find that um, there's a knee-jerk reaction that all business owners have, um, these days when you start talking about scaling and immediately they go from scaling to automation 
as though that is the way to scale. And um, automation is a way to scale, but it isn't the only way to scale. And that's what we run into a lot. And that's what's so tempting a lot of times about the online marketing thing. It looks like, oh, my God, we could just buy right. all the ads we want. We get all the customers we want. It's an infinite supply. Right. And like, okay, so then you start going for efficiency. You know, the cheapest, we can get the keywords and the, you know, most efficient route through the number of costs. So you start focusing on efficiency. But what you lose is effectiveness a lot of times because efficiency may not be what your customer wants. They may not. They may want personal touch. They may want you to you know, want to know that you know them personally and treat them individually, and that's you know especially like we talked about if there's some trust involved in what you sell, if they're taking a risk buying from you, and so um, we just always uh, mention to people that make sure you're focused on effectiveness and not just efficiency because one doesn't always lead to the other, and that idea sure. that automation. So I, I also say that. Uh, automation and process are not synonyms. Automation mm. is, you know, mm. a way to do a process, but you can do a lot of processes. And, and there are a lot of really successful companies in the world who have a process that is not automated, but is incredibly successful. And when you get to some of the largest companies in the world doing the biggest deals, it's not automated. There's nobody, you know, Boeing isn't selling 747s with keywords and, uh, you know, McKinsey isn't selling, you know, million dollar uh, consulting contracts with an email newsletter. It's just not happening. So if you've got to look at what you're trying to do and make sure that you're actually getting there, almost feeds back again to what we talked about before with the customer money. But make sure you don't believe that effect efficiency is the same as effectiveness. So that's yeah. a real risk. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Thank you for, uh, you know, I obviously um, looked up a, a little bit about your explanation on that, but I wanted to make sure we squeeze that in the show yeah, because sure. I think it's really important these days because there's a lot of clients that automatically come uh, and, and have this idea that they just got to be more efficient, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, they buy, and that's when they buy into all these systems that they Correct. don't need, right? Yeah, well, that's uh, when you start treating things like everything is a volume technique, right? And so you start treating, and when you know, automation by definition means you have to treat everyone like the least common denominator because it's not automated if it's if it's if it's unique, right? Right. right. So when you start treating everyone like your least common denominator, you, and this is part of what I go through in the book as well in detail, is how exactly because I I make this case that it damages business. It isn't just you know, inert. It's not just that it doesn't work. It actually does damage. And this is an example of how it can do damage. If you start taking your ideal best customer, the million-dollar customer you'd love to have, and you have to treat them exactly like the hundred-dollar customer, you're not going to get the million-dollar customer because they're not going to take <laughs> that point. from you. So if you start point. automating toward the hundred-dollar customer, you're done with the million-dollar customer. I'm, I'm just going to squeeze in a story on that because yeah. um, I was already a client of a product that I was, you know, uh, it worked for me. It was doing well but because of automation I got an email saying hey you should buy this product it's a great product and I'm like wait a second I'm a client how did yeah. how did that happen yeah. you know wait a second I'm paying good money and you don't even know I'm really a client and actually I canceled that so to your point about the effectiveness they lost someone who was paying money because they didn't even know I was a client right which Automation, I see these days, people make the mistakes constantly out there, and even ones that teach you, teach you that this is the way to go in order to scale your business and all the things that we just talked about through, you know, efficiencies, let's say. Um, so thank you. It led to uh, an example that was real for me and, um, you know, ended up being uh, very discouraging because I trusted this, uh, this, uh, this company or individual uh, in, in, in some cases. But uh, thanks for, uh, you know, providing some insight to that. And hopefully you know, for the audience, everybody, you know, gets this and, and be aware. One other layer on top of that as well is that the person that sold that company, whatever program it was that sent you that email, the other issue that happens is they set the boundaries for what success looks like in that program. So that company never knew because that company just saw that people were opening the right. email. And so mm -hmm. that looked like a win when in fact they lost revenues. That's exactly the example right there of how that efficient program looked like a success in the online marketing program and lost the money. It was damaging their business. Oh example. man, that just like, um, you know, I'm sure you do this uh, bill for people or, or um, probably, but just connecting those dots right yeah. there for people is like, you know, huge, huge. So thank you for that. Thank sure. you. I'm, Alan. I'm 
the loss of unharvested potential is big because big. we have no tool to gauge from, to look at, to understand what it is. You'll never know. There are things you know, things you know you don't know, and things you know you don't know you don't know. And that <laughs> right. falls into the latter two. And sure. the lost opportunity. And that goes back to something that, that we didn't really talk about, but I want to make this the last point. And that is the unharvested potential in relationships. Yeah. You have relationships and we don't, you know, we, we can glean so much, not, not that we should take from the relationship, but we should be able to give and glean from the, to make it a bigger, a more bountiful relationship. And to, to the points that we just made, a lot of times that's not the case. So how do we, and maybe this is, this can be the last, the, the last little piece. The very last how do we question. Some of that? Yeah, the very last question. How do we, how do we, how do we gather back or, or reach or, or, or find a way to grasp some of that unharvested potential in relationships we currently have? Yeah, that's a, that's a whole show unto itself probably, I know right? It is. But, yeah, 60 seconds, go. Yeah, 60 seconds. So I would say um, start with, why people come to you, what, what they need, and make sure you're providing that. And mm. from the very beginning, you know, I see all the time companies are talking about, they and they know, I get email newsletters like you guys where they have an article in there about how we treat every customer special. You know, you're not just a number to us. It's like, wait, I just sent this to 5,000 people. And it says exactly the same thing. So if you know that's important to them, how can you do that for that person. So if you think of the relationship as a two-way relationship, which our relationship in our in our minds at, at Civilis Marketing is a series of ongoing, mutually beneficial two-way interactions. It's not you sending stuff, it's not what, it's two-way interactions. You benefit and they benefit, it's win-win. If you just look at it as that's what a relationship is, whether it's a simple one because I'm buying tennis shoes online or a complicated one because I'm buying 747s, it's still, series of mutually beneficial two-way interactions and just look at it from that standpoint and you can move it forward it's 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 when you start looking at it as where i'm going to win and you're not going to win because i'm going to put you in my system and i'm going to trick you or whatever i'm going to that's where it breaks down yeah love it yeah. very very, very that good is, point very good that point. is a very good point for sure you've, you've, you've given some really good content today phil and i think the the audience well i know the audience and i'm part of the audience so is chris um, are, are really going to be able to apply some of these things. And, those are, and there are aha moments. There may be a little pivoting involved there with, with some folks, and that's okay. Sure. Yeah. It's okay. This, this this show is not just about the the crescendo of great ideas and how to apply them and, and you know, to make things better. It's also about standing back and looking at things and determine whether or not I need to shift, move, trade, get rid of, enhance, bring on, release, whatever that case may be, because that's a 24-7, 365 effort that all businesses have to look at. It's, it's sure. mitigating loss, it's understanding risk, and it's bringing on opportunity. And thank you so much for your words of wisdom. And thank you for, for agreeing to come back on. I'm going to hook you again for coming back on. And uh, and uh, we'll, we'll do a live show. We'll have somebody on. Um, and, we'll, and we'll talk about some real things. And that's going to have to be a prerequisite for them. They've got to be vulnerable. Sure. They've got to be relatable sure. and visible. But we'll bring them on and see and see if we can't really help elevate where they're at. So thank and you we'll for, get, for doing that. And we'll get through that denial um, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> well, I think, by the way, that there's a, speaking of pivot, I think there's a big pivot coming. I think my book happens to be out at a time when we're going to all start thinking differently. I think five, ten years from now, we'll look back at this time and go, wow, we were like super nuts about the online stuff. And it's like it's fine, right? but it's not that great. So I think right. I it's just a matter of thinking about whether you've gone too far. Right. Right. Well, it's that time of uh, the show, folks, and um, I just got to throw out, uh, you know, that we're featured on C-Suite Radio. We're really excited about 2018. Uh, C-Suite's been amazing for us, and uh, we're really excited uh, being part of that network. Of course, you can catch us on Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Podomatic, and Facebook Live, which we're going to be bring Bill back, uh, and we'll set something up, and we'll put lots of no notification out there to uh, to feature someone to come on the show and work through what Bill would normally do with, uh, you know, a company or an entrepreneur or, you know, an individual uh, to work through some of those challenges that you may have. Bill, always a pleasure. But before we go, I'd like to hear a bold move that you can leave everybody with going in especially to 2018 with something they can uh, really apply now and uh, and maybe make a big difference in in, um, in what the year will look like uh, when they look back. 
Well, so I'll give you just a tactical personal one that uh, maybe business owners can do. If they're still questioning all the things we've talked about, saying, I don't know, is that us? Are we falling for this? Are we in? Is it good or bad? I would say let's just um, all think about I, I use a phrase, the old phrase, do unto others, you know, the golden rule. Do unto others, you have them do unto you. And as a researcher, I say actually use that as an actual practical a uh, bit of instruction with yourself today. Watch what happens just in your inbox. Let's just take the emails that come to you and look at the inbox and look at the emails that you like receiving and in fact the ones you like receiving enough to respond to. It's usually from someone you know, it's probably something personal, it's not gonna be generic. And then start thinking if you're doing the same thing. So just say, what happened to me today that I like I'm just going to start doing that to other people. That will immediately change your mindset. Ten minutes from now, you'll be thinking differently about how you're treating people electronically by just watching what other people do to you that you like or don't like. And that'll start getting your mind thinking about the way you really act, what's really authentic to you. And it's a nice, simple starting point people can use immediately. Love it. I love it. Perfect. That was awesome. Thank you for uh, providing that. So. Bill, how do people get a hold of you? How do they work with you? Uh, where do they go to find you, especially you know, with the book? When is it coming out? Sure. So um, the company is Civilis Marketing, C-I-V-I-L-I-S, Marketing Civilis being Latin for civilized. But uh, really where they should go probably to start is we have a website for the book. It's clicksand, C-L-I-C-K, sand.net. And we put a special page up there, clicksand.net slash be bold. Um, nice. And on that page, I've got chapter five from the book, which is a chapter that goes into depth about the five ways that businesses are actually damaged by online marketing if it's not working right for them and they shouldn't be doing it. Um, and by the way, you're not going to sign up for some email newsletter to get it. I'm not going <laughs> to ask for your email. You read it. If you like it, we'll talk. Awesome. Um, so to go get chapter five, and then there's also a little uh, thing you can click if you want a discount when the book comes out. It's coming out February 20th, if you're listening to this before February 20th. And then also, if something we're talking about here resonates and you want to connect with me, you can do that on that page as well. So clicksand.net slash be bold. Awesome. Love it. Alan, always a pleasure hanging out with you, my friend. It's you know, guess. guests like this make it, you know, our life really easy. And <laughs> Bill, uh, you know, big pleasure. Uh, really, uh, you know, appreciate your time and definitely having you on the show. Um, Alan, what do you think, my friend? It, it, it is, it is fun. I mean, we're, we're, this is a privilege. We don't take it for granted. Uh, in the beginning, it was difficult. It was just Chris and I on the airwaves and it was like crickets. <laughs> but, you know, through, through pivoting and through moving, things have, have, have changed. And it is an honor and privilege to have people on this show. They really sure. have some great things to, to contribute. And so thank you, Bill, for coming on the show and being vulnerable and being transparent. And Chris, as usual, you're a great partner. I love you. This is where we're having a blast and some great things are happening this year. So to that, I salute. Awesome. And obviously to the audience, thanks for, um, you know, clicking in and uh, listening. I use the click in uh, for click sand. Uh, but clicking in and listening to us and, and uh, hopefully this information is helping you think about your business, think about where you want to go. And uh, we really appreciate you. And it wouldn't be a show without me saying, do something nice for someone today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.